Good morning, Orlando. This is Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Filling in for Bud, this is Yaffe. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning a reward is offered in the shooting death of an Orlando high school student. We've got details coming up in one minute. So, did Trump cave on the wall? We'll talk about that next. 601 on News Radio 93.1. The Orange County Sheriff's Office is thanking the Florida Sheriff's Association for increasing the reward to $10,000 for information leading to an arrest in the shooting of a high school student. 15 year old Alejandro Vargas Martinez was gunned down early yesterday morning near Waldo Street and East Cayley Avenue as he walked to class at Boone High. Sheriff John Mina. Uh, certainly the death of a child, a 15-year-old, uh, is extremely tragic. And, and to happen one week before uh, Christmas, uh, I can't imagine um, how the parents are feeling right now. Mina said his department will be providing the family with victim advocate services to help get them through an extremely difficult time. Anyone with information on the shooting of Alejandro Vargas is asked to call Crime Line at 800-423-TIPS. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. SpaceX will try once again today to launch its first national security mission for the U.S. Air Force. The company was supposed to launch its Falcon 9 rocket from Cape Canaveral Air Force Station yesterday, but scrubbed the launch because of a faulty reading on one of the rocket sensors. The new launch window opens at 9.07 a.m., and officials say there's an 80% chance of good weather. Vice President Mike Pence was on hand at the Cape yesterday morning and took the launch delay in stride. I know this bird is going to fly, and when it flies, it's going to make a difference for the security and prosperity of the American people. Job well done. Pence announced that President Trump is authorizing the Defense Department to create a new Space Command at Kennedy Space Center to oversee U.S. military operations in space. In Washington, Senate leaders are still working on a way to prevent a partial government shutdown as they face a Friday night deadline. Democrats rejected one offer from Republican leaders, a planned Senate minority leader. Chuck Schumer says included a billion-dollar slush fund for the president's immigration policies. They need congressional approval. They're not getting it for the wall. Plain and simple. Offers from Democrats provide more than a billion dollars in border security upgrades. Majority Leader Mitch McConnell says he's consulting with the White House. I think a government shutdown is is not a good option. That's my view. With Friday night's deadline approaching, both sides could settle for a short-term extension of current spending. On Capitol Hill, Jared Halpern, Fox News. Yeah, and it looks like that short-term extension is probably the most likely outcome of this. Yeah. But it seems, uh, at least as of yesterday, that Trump kind of backed down on his wanting of $5 billion for the wall. Um, He also said, we'll see what happens, as he usually does. So Mm -hmm. uh, we'll see what happens. And you're going to talk about this coming up in a few minutes. Yes, and we'll take calls as well. All right. Cars are rolling through the tunnel Elon Musk says can reduce traffic congestion in Los Angeles. Last night, the CEO of Tesla and SpaceX showed off the $10 million test tunnel his boring company built in L.A. Musk says his underground highway will be able to safely move electric cars at more than 150 miles an hour. And, Mike, I'm sure Bud Hedinger is proud to know that New England Patriots quarterback Tom Brady will tie the NFL record when he heads to Orlando for his 14th Pro Bowl. Brady joins Peyton Manning, Tony Gonzalez, Bruce Matthews, and Merlin Olsen as the only players chosen for 14 Pro Bowls. 
This is also the 10th straight year he's earned the honor. The Pro Bowl kicks off January 27th at Camping World Stadium. We just have to make sure Bud isn't there because he'll probably try to steal his jersey or something. Remember in the Super Bowl a few years ago when Brady's jersey was stolen? Yeah. I I, I can see Bud doing that. I think we should send Bud because I'd like to see him do that. (laughs) This is a good point. And be be arrested. (laughs) WFLA News Would you bail him out, Mr. Spector? Would you? you? I think Bud needs to do some hard time. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) WFLA News Time is 6.06. Popeye's offers emotional support chicken. To help ease holiday stress. That story is <laughs> online at WFLAOrlando.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. From News Radio 93.1, this is Good Morning Orlando. So I have a couple of stories in the 7 o'clock hour that should help society ease some stress. Oh. We'll see if they're good ideas or if. You know, everyone's just whiny babies. I'm not sure yet. I don't know. It's hard to beat fried chicken for reducing stress. (laughs) But fried chicken was not one of those stories. I might have to add that in there. Popeye's emotional support chicken. I'll have more on it later this morning. (laughs) You have more details for us? Okay. And I'll take calls, too. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Good good deal. Alan Spector giving us the news this morning. We have Paul producing, and we have Stephanie screening your calls at 407-916-5400. You can text to 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. So earlier last week, earlier this week, we heard Trump say he was willing to shut down the government for the wall. As Bud put it, he was willing to go to the wall for the wall. What happened? It seems like all of that changed yesterday, and I have to know, are you happy about this? Are we ever going to get the wall that was promised by President Trump? I know a lot of you voted for that, for him, because of that. That was one of the reasons, and I know you still want it, and I know a lot of Republicans still want it, but it seems like every time we get close to doing something... All of a sudden, President Trump kind of backs down at the last minute. You know, I think we need to keep in mind, whether you like President Trump or you don't, what he says one day really has nothing to do with what he might say the next day. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) 407-916-54. This is a very good point. Well, some people like that about him because they say he's practical or or whatever. Flexible. Flexible, yeah, that's the word I was looking for. But it seems like, I mean, there are some prominent conservatives today who are really not happy about what Trump is doing. Mm. So we got to talk about it. 407-916-5400. Text to 23680. And, of course, we have Rolando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Yes, and this is Yaffe filling in for Bud, but Alan Spector is still here. We have Paul producing and Stephanie screening your calls at 407-916-5400. You can text to 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. So it wasn't that long ago. It was just last week when Trump said this in a meeting with Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. Here it is. I am proud to shut down the government for border security, Chuck. I will take the mantle. I will be the one to shut it down. I'm not going to blame you for it. The last time you shut it down, it didn't work. I will take the mantle Good. of shutting down. And I'm going to shut it down for border but we security. Believe you. So he said, 
I will shut down the government for border security. He wanted the $5 billion for the wall. That's what he asked for. That was his sticking point. But yesterday, it seemed like the tone kind of changed a little bit. In fact, Press Secretary Sarah Sanders uh, earlier in the day said this. We've been very clear with members of both uh, Republicans and Democrats, uh, the House and the Senate, on what we want to see. And we want them to work with us. At the end of the day, we don't want to shut down the government. We want to shut down the border from illegal Mm -hmm. immigration, from drugs coming into this country, and make sure we know who's coming and why they're coming. Okay, so that was just a little bit of a bend, said we don't want to shut down the government. But then later on in the press briefing, she said this. We're looking at every avenue available to us possible. The president's asked every one of his cabinet secretaries to look for funding that can be used uh, to protect our borders and for the give the president the ability to fulfill his constitutional obligation to protect the American people by having a secure border. So we're looking at the other options. In the meantime, we'll see what the Senate does, and we'll let you know when we have an announcement on that front. All of a sudden, it sounds like Trump's not willing to shut down the government. He says, well, if we don't get the money from the Senate, we'll maybe find it from other ways, other avenues, other uh, federal departments. Although if he tries that, the Democrats are going to try to stop him there as well. There's no guarantee that that can work either. Well, maybe you can go to the Mexico Senate. The Mexico Senate? Is there a Senate okay. in Mexico? I'm not sure. Weren't they the <laughs> ones who were supposed to pay for this originally? Yeah, that's true. He said they were, now he had some kind of way to spin it where he said the trade deal was kind of like them paying for it. Yeah, like we're making so I, much money off of that, it's going to offset the cost of the wall. People know how I feel about trade. I did not buy that spin by Trump. Um, but uh, Trump also seemed to back down a little bit himself yesterday. He was asked about it, and this is what he said. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you, Press. We need border security. Thank you very much. So he basically just said, we'll see what happens. Now, just to show you how some people are upset about this, Ann Coulter, who was a big supporter of Trump during the campaign, wrote a book saying, In Trump We Trust has been about the border wall. She tweeted out yesterday, Today's border wall construction update, miles completed yesterday, zero. Miles completed since inauguration, zero. Next update tomorrow. She's not happy about this. Some conservatives are not happy about this. They felt like this was the time that if you don't do it now, you're not going to get it done because the Democrats are going to control Congress. Now, the president was tweeting last night about the wall, Mm -hmm. and it seems the design of the wall is now in flux as well. Yeah, He, He tweeted, the Democrats are saying loud and clear they do not want to build a concrete wall. But we are not building a concrete wall. We are building artistically designed steel slats so that you can easily see through it. It'll be beautiful. And at the same time, give our country the security that our citizens deserve. It will go up fast and save us billions of dollars a month once completed. Does that work for you out there? Slats. Slats? It doesn't sound like the big, beautiful wall that he originally talked about. Build Seems like the slats. Build the slats. <laughs> I mean, seriously, you make a good point. That doesn't sound like the wall. There's got to be a lot of you out there that are not happy about this. Now, maybe you think Trump will actually get it done some other way. But as Ann Coulter puts out, it isn't getting done right now. Now, I have to say, 
all this is a lot of this is just partisan politics. Even Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi said, we need strong border security. We just don't want the wall. They don't want the wall because they don't want to give Trump the win. They don't want to give Trump the win saying, oh, we're helping him build the wall. They just don't like the term, basically. And that's basically just partisan politics. It's only $5 billion. Originally, Trump was asking for $25 billion. He couldn't get that. There really is an easy solution to this. A lot of Democrats were up for the idea, and a lot of people on the left were up for the idea, that you give Trump his money for the wall if you do a deal for the Dreamers. Some kind of deal for the Dreamers, similar to DACA. If you could get that done, then maybe you could get funding for the wall. But Trump didn't want that deal earlier. Looks like the Democrats don't want any kind of deal now because they know they're taking Congress in the next session. Will Trump ever get the wall? 407-916-5400. You can text to 23680 or standard message and data rate to apply. We'll take your calls next. And the bigger picture on government shutdowns from our buddy Rand Paul. It's 619 here on Good Morning Orlando. So we have some texts coming in uh, for the wall. Talking about it seems like Trump is caving for the wall. It says one person says, I think the Democrats know keeping Trump from building the wall is the only way they have a chance to damage him enough to win the presidential bid in 2020. I don't know if it's the only way they think it will damage him, but it is a lot about partisan politics. Like I said, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, a lot of Democrats have for years supported fencing, have supported stronger border security. But then they come out and like Nancy Pelosi, oh, the wall is immoral. I think a lot of the American people say that. It's like, but you support border security. This is just a type of border security. You can say it's ineffective, but immoral. But they have to say it's immoral because that's what really hurts Trump in their opinion. That's what really gets Trump in their opinion. So it looks like we have $1.6 billion that will go towards some type of border security, but it specifically will not go towards the wall. So what happens next for Trump? It seems like to me, Paul, that Trump is kind of caved here. And this is his one issue. Oh, he's absolutely caved. But I, I, I feel like this is more, as most things that he deals with in his administration, a product of his own doing. If he had come in on the campaign trail and said, you know, I'm for border security, I think we need more fencing, more wall, blah, 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 something like that, it might not be the we're never going to give you this issue that it is now. But because he came out boisterous and Mexico's going to pay for it and we're not going to have to do anything. And then it came down from Mexico's going to pay for it to Mexico's going to pay us back. And then it was about the well, trade. It seems, to you, it seems like it's the Mexico's going to pay for it aspect that's really hurting Trump right now. Well, I think that's where the Democrats get the ability to stick so hard on it is to be able mm. to call him a liar in that space. I mean, you know they can. I, mean? I understand that they can do that. I'm not sure that's quite the issue. I think they were going to try to stop it, no matter what. I mean, you could say one. You can say in one sense that it makes Trump look good because what Trump is good at is that he's good at branding. He's good at visuals, and by saying he's going to build a big, beautiful wall, a lot of people responded to that. Oh yeah, it, they it got behind them, it. They can it see gives it. Them, yeah, a visual of how you could actually stop the problem. But then it also gives the Democrats a visual to fight against. And now elections have consequences. The Democrats own, you know, the House of Representatives. It's going to be even harder to get the wall done. I don't know that he ever gets it. 
I don't know. It, it would take sure some either. serious negotiation. But he's the I, he's the deal guy. He's the art of the deal guy. So well, we had a deal that could have been done earlier this yep. year, and that was a deal for the Dreamers. But he backed down from that, and other people backed down as well. That exactly. would have been the way to get this done, in my opinion. And like you said, now there's no incentive for the Democrats to even jump on board with that deal anyway, because they know they're in control the next two years. Um, yeah, exactly right. Now, in terms of the bigger picture on the wall, I wanted to play some cuts from Rand Paul here. It's actually bigger picture on the government shutdown. He made a really good point that we're all afraid of a partial government shutdown, just 25% of the funding which really isn't a big deal, while in the other sense, what we should be afraid of is the government spending too much, not a government shutdown. This is what he said yesterday. Well, you know, people worry about the government shutting down, and I can understand that, but they should also worry about keeping the government open. I mean, if you keep a government open that borrows a trillion dollars a year, are there problems to that? Is there an ultimate underpinning, you know, that is eroding away for the whole country when we accumulate a $22 trillion debt, when we borrow more than a million and a half dollars a minute? So I think both both are a problem. We shouldn't willy-nilly shut the government down, but we also shouldn't just keep it open and keep spending money like there's no tomorrow. Once again, Rand Paul looking at the big picture, he's exactly right. And then he basically says here, the government shutdown, the partial government shutdown is really just a bunch of hype to begin with. Here it is. No, I think uh, shutdowns are more hype than reality. I think the thing that should upset the American people is that it actually costs more to shut it down because we always pay the people for not working. So they'll declare 80% of the people up here unessential, meaning they don't have to show up for work, but we always pay them. I don't understand that. They're unessential. We (laughs) keep paying them and we keep them employed. I'm for if you're unessential, maybe that's an argument for making government smaller. I can't disagree with that, looking at the big picture on the fact that we have all these non-essential employees. fact is the government is too big, and that's one of the reasons why we have these constant fights over the government shutdown to begin with. All right, Alan Spector will come in in just a sec to update the latest news. Then we have the Bloomberg Business Report right after that. It's 629 here on Good Morning Orlando. So, Alan, we've been talking about how Trump did not get his win on getting funding for the wall, but he did, seems like, get a bipartisan win yesterday on something else. That's right, Mike. A landmark criminal justice reform bill has cleared the Senate. The First Step Act passed overwhelmingly. On this vote, the yeas are 87, the nays are 12. On this motion to concur in the House amendment with an amendment has been agreed to. And leaders in the House say they'll take up the bill this week. President Trump, as you mentioned, Mike, is a supporter of this bipartisan measure. The bill expands job training and other prison programs designed to keep released inmates from returning to prison. Among the dozen no votes was Florida Republican Marco Rubio, who said the Senate did not address serious concerns raised by local law enforcement, federal prosecutors, and constituents in Florida about the sentencing reforms contained in the bill. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. President Trump says nothing is more important than protecting the nation's children. We have to take. We have no choice, and we don't want a choice. We're going to take to prevent school shootings and keep our children safe. During a White House event yesterday, Trump accepted a report from the Federal Commission on School Safety he formed after the mass shooting at Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland. Trump repeated a call to arm school personnel and to improve mental health screening. The commission report recommends specific guidelines on arming highly trained school officials if a school district chooses to take that route. 
The report barely touches on the issue of gun violence. A federal judge is delaying sentencing for former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn. Judge Emmett Sullivan accepted a recommendation for a delay from government lawyers and defense attorneys. Flynn is reportedly still cooperating in the ongoing Russia investigation. He pleaded guilty to lying to the FBI about contacts with a top Russian official during the presidential transition. Judge Sullivan called it a very serious offense and said sentencing will be revisited in 90 days. Now, Jeff Kaufman, our attorney Jeff Kaufman, is going to come on in the 8 o'clock hour and talk about that. It's kind of uh, confusing yesterday what was happening, kind of bizarre. Yeah, it was expected that he would be sentenced, and then the yeah. judge said, hey. And then he said something and had to retract it later, dealing with his con- Flynn's connections to Turkey. So we'll try to straighten that out with Jeff Kaufman later. As Christmas approaches, Floridians are hitting the road for the holidays Captain Thomas Peichel at the Florida Highway Patrol says rule number one is buckle up. Your seatbelt is your vehicle's best safety feature. Buckle up. Make sure every time you get behind the wheel, whether you're driving or you're a passenger in a car, buckle up. Something that takes such little time can be a lifesaver. Last year, there were more than 15,000 traffic crashes in Florida. During the last two weeks of the year, more than 10,000 people were injured and there were 147 fatalities. The new Margaritaville Hotel is set to open in Kissimmee next month. The 184-room hotel is part of the 300-acre Margaritaville Resort Orlando off U.S. Highway 192. The hotel will feature a spa, fitness center, kids club, lagoon, and multiple pools. And margaritas. Flip-flops optional. (laughs) WFLA news time is 637 I'm Alan Spector, News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Get these stories and more at WFLAOrlando.com. Mike, time now on Good Morning Orlando for Gina Cervetti and the Bloomberg Business Report. Yes, and we're talking to Gina right now, and I'm glad we're talking to Gina from New York City right now because I need some type of voice of reason on the stock market because it seems like every day it's something different. And <laughs> it, it is. <laughs> and Gina, tell us what the futures are looking at looking like for today. Okay. Well, right now they look pretty good. So it looks like we might be headed for a higher Wall Street open this morning. Uh, There are some new signs of progress again. They keep popping up here in the U.S.-China trade spat, which seems to send the market spinning in one direction or the other, depending on what we're hearing about that. And the latest is Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin said the U.S. and China plan to hold meetings next month to negotiate a broader trade truce. Meanwhile, it is Fed Day in the United States, and investors are really training their eyes on what the Fed is going to say later. More on that in a moment. We also have an important economic report due out this morning, and that's the latest on existing home sales. Yesterday on Wall Street, the broader market ended little changed, with investors awaiting the outcome of this Fed meeting today. We had energy shares down with crude oil. The Dow was up about four-tenths percent, the S&P flat, the Nasdaq rose 30, and the Bloomberg Orlando index was flat to higher. Is there any kind of expectation on what the Fed is going to say today? There is. Generally, the Fed is expected to raise interest rates by a quarter percentage point, the fourth rate hike this year, brushing aside pressure from President Donald Trump, who's been critical of the rate hikes. But 
Uh, observers are also expecting the Fed to signal perhaps a slower approach to their gradual rate hike campaign going into next year. Jay Powell, the chairman of the Fed, holds a press conference at 2.30 this afternoon. So all eyes and ears on what he is going to say and what the Fed statement will say, too. So Orlando-based Starting Restaurants is getting a little bit of a boost from one of their restaurant chains. Uh, which one is that? That is Olive Garden. In fact, Darden Restaurants is the best performer in the local index yesterday after the company, as you said, based in Orlando, issued its latest results and it boosted its outlook for the year after the biggest brand, Olive Garden, posted a 17th straight quarter of rising same-store sales. Olive Garden has managed to lure in customers with lower prices, better customer service. Labor is weighing on Darden, which owns and operates its own restaurants, so it isn't insulated from minimum wage hikes and a shortage of workers like some of its heavily franchised peers. But we did see labor costs up 6.4% year-on-year, and the turnaround at Cheddar's Scratch Kitchen, which it hasn't owned very long, continues to lag. But all in all, a good report for Darden. All right, and Verizon is changing the name of one of its units called Oath, And I have to admit, I never heard of Oath. What is Oath? (laughs) Apparently nobody else has either. This is a moniker that Verizon had hoped would give fresh life to a collection of aging dot-com businesses that you have heard of. It includes AOL and Yahoo. The former Oath division will from here on out starting next month be known as the Verizon Media Group. From its inception last year, the Oath name was disparaged on social media. Critics lumped it together with Trunk, which is another failed corporate rebranding. All right, Gina Cervetti giving us uh, being a voice of reason on the stock markets and the world of business right here on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks, Gina. You're welcome. Have a great day. And we have Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Yes, we're going to play it again. Oh, people are getting so offended right now. They're just shutting off the radios. I can't hear this sexism. The patriarchy. That's what they're yelling, the feminists right now. Not the patriarchy again. So we've talked about this on the show before. This whole controversy with Baby It's Cold Outside, Bud did a whole segment on it, and pretty much everybody in the staff agreed, what's the big deal? They're just flirting. The original song came out during a movie in the 1940s. It's hard to say it's that bad. But we're not the only ones defending this, defending the song and talking against some of what the Me Too movement is doing. Actor William Shatner has taken up a soapbox, a pedestal to this. He tweeted this out when a Canadian radio station decided to uh, nix the song, Baby, It's Cold Outside. He tweeted this out. He said, call into CBC Radio all day and get them to play Baby, It's Cold Outside over and over until midnight. Then he tweeted out. He said the choreography is the interpretation of the lyrics from the time frame when it was written in the 1940s. He says if 2018 prudes want to interpret the lyrics as something else, the problem obviously lies in their own minds and not in the original lyrics. Seems to make some good points to me. 
But he goes really beyond this. To him, it's more than just the song. It's the whole Me Too movement saying that they've really gone just too far. I mean, all you have to do is look at the whole Brett Kavanaugh hearings to show how far the Me Too movement has gone in just the past years. And there's countless examples that we have talked about on the show and that I could bring up on the show that shows that the Me Too movement, there are, there's a large group of the Me Too movement that might just be um, anti-male, maybe, anti-men. It sure seems like that sometimes. Men should be put in their rightful place and women should be the next leaders. How about we just have uh, individuals who are the most competent be the leaders, no matter if they're male or female. I'm going to talk a little bit more about what uh, William Shatner said about the Me Too movement. He's really just being a voice of reason on this, I think, which is kind of amazing because it's William Shatner. He's not always a voice of reason, but he is on this. So we'll talk about that. We have Rolena's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 93.1 WFLA. And this is Yaffe filling in for Bud here on News Radio 93.1 FM. You can also get us on AM 540. Or if you have an HD radio, you can get us on 107.7 HD3. And, of course, on the iHeartRadio app. You can also uh, tell Alexa to play News Radio 93.1 or your Google Home to play News Radio 93.1 WFLA. So there's no excuse not to listen to us, basically. All kinds of different options to listen to Yaffe this morning when he's filling in for Bud. So we've been talking about the Me Too movement. We've been talking about the baby, it's cold outside. It's been a controversy for the past couple of weeks. And some people were really upset about that song, saying it kind of sounds like, I mean, I don't know, intended rape maybe? I mean, maybe not that far, but the girl's really not giving consent. She's being pressured. And some radio stations have pulled it. And so William Shatner prominent actor he comes out and he defends the song saying look if you're interpreting it wrong that's a problem in your mind not with the song and he actually makes some really good points surprising you know who it's coming from he says this he says you're not saying i'm closing the door and you can't leave it's not force it's verbal it's verbal persuasion which works in the act. You know, it's sort of a give and take. It's a, it's a seduction. It's flirtation, which is natural. It's a part of relationships, is it not? Am I wrong? Are we just get ridding, getting rid of that whole yes. part? Verbal persuasion is completely not allowed these days, and you know that. Well, you know I, that verbal persuasion, especially with anything dealing with sex, is totally not allowed. You know, it's funny... The more I think about it, I think you're right to a lot of people. Absolutely. I mean, in politics, there are people who say words are hate speech and should be banned. So when you talk about the Me Too movement, anything you say now is just like violence. Words are violent, I think, of some people. Exactly. Said, which is irrational. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will break my heart. Oh, oh, you poor boy. You know, we should, we need to bring back the statement, you know, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Maybe we need to start bringing that back. Maybe we need to start. They've changed it. They I just have. told you what the new one is. <laughs> we need to bring back the original. <laughs> so uh, William Shatner, he continued, he said, 
In 2018, we have the Me Too movement, which I think is great that these hidden forces are exposed, not to be allowed, and uh, women have equal rights. He says, I've got three daughters. I'm all for that. But then he continues on here. He says, but if you look back at things that were written and said 20, 30 years ago, it's a different context. And you've got to judge it by the context. Rape and pillage? Absolutely not. I mean, does anyone really listen to Baby It's Cold Outside and think rape and pillage? He says, those are crimes against humanity. But saying, would you make love with me? And the opposing party says yes or no. I can't fathom what's wrong with that. Will you go out with me? Yes or no. That's not, that's just verbal persuasion. Like we said, it's not rape. He says, it's like saying, would you have dinner? Would you like to write a song with me? Would you do an interview? I'm not insulted by you asking me to do an interview. Maybe it's my mindset based on the years I've lived, but I'm trying to be fair and I don't see the problem. It's because uh, there is no problem. Here's here's the dirty little secret about this, though, about all of this. Women want to be persuaded. Women want to sort of play the game. Now, I'm a Christian, so when I say persuaded, I'm not saying persuaded to have sex before marriage. That's my one problem with the song, is it sort of implies having sex before marriage, and I'm against that because I'm a Christian. You can, call, you can call me a prude for that, but that's just my faith. But even when you're trying to court a woman, there's, there's, a, there's a little give and take. There's a little flirtation. There's, and women like that, right? No? Am I wrong? Nope. Is that over, Paul? Is that done? That, what do they want then? <laughs> Someone tell pizza. me. They want pizza? Pizza. That that's, that's what, what they want to get a girl. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 getting... everything else is just too subjective. That's the only thing I know that women want is pizza. All right. Well, there's the answer. Paul has solved the problem. Yeah. <laughs> How to talk to women today? I I I, I, I agree I, with I'm... you though. There is a a space where there's not much left that you can say that's all right, and you know. They just want us to deal with the fact that we can't say anything right now. And maybe one day it'll get better. Well, and it's kind of like a lot of women want the guy to ask, right? They want the guy to ask them out. But I think a lot of guys are afraid to in today's world. Oh, absolutely. Because they feel like, I don't know, makes them look like a creep or something. Or they feel it's not appropriate now. Yeah. So you have guys that are waiting for the girls and you have girls that are waiting for the guys. And it's just a mess. It's just crazy. I agree. So... Believe it or not, William Shatner was a voice of reason this morning, of all people. All right, uh, we have Alan Spector who's going to come in and talk about the latest news. He's going to give an update on that tragedy that happened outside of Boone High School where a student was shot and killed just walking to school. We'll have the latest on that and other news as well. It's 6.59 here on Good Morning Orlando. Good morning, Orlando. Welcome to the 50,000-watt front porch where we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here at News Radio 93.1 WFLA. And filling in for Bud today, this is Yaffe. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning, the investigation of a student shooting death. And we've got details coming up in one minute. So I have a couple of stories that will supposedly alleviate some of the stress in society. Are these good ideas? Or are we just a bunch of whiny babies? Talk about that next. 703 on News Radio 93.1. 
Memorials are being placed at the location where a Boone High School student was shot and killed yesterday morning. 15-year-old Alejandro Vargas Martinez was walking to class near Waldo Street and Cayley Avenue just south of downtown Orlando. Orange County Sheriff John Mina said this is an unimaginable loss for the boy's family, especially a week before Christmas. You know, we'll, we'll certainly provide uh, victim advocate services to them uh, to get them through uh, this extremely difficult time. Mina and the Sheriff's Department are not releasing many details about the shooting. Anyone who knows anything about the case is asked to call Crime Line at 800-423-TIPS. A reward for information leading to an arrest now totals $10,000. This news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. SpaceX will not try again this morning to launch a Falcon 9 rocket oh, from that, Cape Canaveral Air Force Station. Yeah, that's an update from just an hour ago, right? Yeah, liftoff of the national security mission for the Air Force was delayed yesterday by a faulty reading on a rocket sensor. And that apparently is still a problem, Mike. SpaceX sent out this tweet a few minutes ago, quote, standing down from today's launch attempt to Further evaluate out-of-family reading on first-stage sensors will confirm a new launch date once complete. All right. Vice President Mike Pence was at the Cape yesterday. Of course, he didn't get to see a launch, but he was able to make an announcement. And I say with great pride, it's an honor for me to announce the establishment of the U.S. Space Command here at the Kennedy Space Center among all of these great airmen, a new era of American national security in space begins today. That move comes amid new concerns that countries like Russia and China are trying to weaponize space and create means of disrupting or destroying U.S. satellites. President Trump says it's too early to tell if efforts to avoid a government shutdown will be successful. Part of the federal government will shut down by week's end if a deal is not reached. Trump is holding out for funding for a border wall but likely does not have the votes needed for that money. Wall Street bounced back a little yesterday after a 500-plus point drop on Monday. The Dow Jones Industrial Average finished up 83 points as investors wonder what's next for interest rates. All will be revealed this afternoon when the Federal Reserve wraps up a two-day policy meeting. Investors predict nearly an 80% chance of the Federal Reserve raising interest rates by a quarter point. That would be the fourth rate hike this year. Wall Street also bracing for Chairman Jerome Powell's outlook for next year, the Fed previously forecasting three more rate hikes in 2019. President Trump fired a preemptive tweet yesterday ahead of the Fed's policy meeting, urging officials to leave interest rates alone. The Fed believes small, gradual rate increases are the best way to keep inflation in check. Steve Rappaport, Fox News. The Magic square off with the San Antonio Spurs tonight at the Amway Center. Orlando's been off since beating the Bulls and Jazz in Mexico City last week. The Magic sit at 14 and 15 on the season. The Spurs enter the game at 16 and 15. WFLA news time is 7:06. Tennessee police warn speeders with a photo of a cop pointing an AT4 rocket launcher at the road. That story what? is online at wflaorlando.com. I mean. I don't know. That might make me speed more <laughs> to get away from it. I <laughs> Maybe we could use this for cell phone users as well. Distracted <laughs> yeah, driving. Go. The second, I'd be distracted by a rocket launcher at the side of the <laughs> exactly. road, actually. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. You're never more than 10 minutes away from the latest news, weather, and traffic. News Radio 93.1 WFLA. So, Alan, when you went to high school, yeah, not that long ago, right? Assuming I went to high school. <laughs> what, what time did high school start? Do you remember? 
Oh, what time did high school start? You know, I'm trying to remember back to, into the last century <laughs> when I was going to high I mean, school. My, I was in high school. You know, whatever time it was, it was too early. Was it? Um, well, I mean, was it like 7 o'clock, do you think? Was it dark when you had to go to the bus, or was it still light outside? Do you remember? Hmm. Good question. <laughs> I didn't I, mean to put you on the spot. I, I wasn't thought... expecting the Spanish Inquisition <laughs> this morning. But... <laughs> that was a simple question. Okay, Paul, what about you? What Do you remember what time you uh, had to start high school? 7.20. 7.20. That's what it was for me, around 7.20. Stephanie, do you remember uh, what time you had to start high school when you were going to high school? What time it started in the morning? It was 9 a.m. Really? Really? 9 yeah, a.m. for but high school? I'm from Virginia, too, so it's different up there. Oh. It's opposite. And we got out at 3.48 in the afternoon. It's all oh. weird in Virginia. Virginia well, is actually, for lovers. She makes, <laughs> okay. <laughs> actually, <laughs> actually, she brings up a good point, though, because, Paul, you just said Virginia's weird, but actually, we're weird. Apparently, what they do is normal. There's a new study out that suggests that if you start school later, it will boost grades and attendance and help the students more. How do I have time for my after-school job? That was one of the concerns I have, and I want to know what people think about this. Wait a this. minute. Nobody has an after-school job anymore. What are we thinking? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, my first question is, you know, my first thought is stop complaining. I get up at four in the morning. But, <laughs> That's a great first thought. <laughs> but usually I'm thinking, okay, do we really need to change the school start times for students? Or do we need to stop whining and just get our kids to school? 407-916-5400. You can text to 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. There's a couple of different stories I have that's supposed to alleviate stress in society We'll have that on Windows News. Why do you say it that way? <laughs> because I don't know. I just want to know if it's we need to alleviate stress or if we need to just stop whining. <laughs> we'll get to that next. So I was reading through the Orlando Sentinel yesterday, and Scott Maxwell had a column where he was uh, talking about how we need to change the start time for high schools, that they just start too early. He, uh, he is basically saying that there is a new study out that shows if you would start the schools later, like a lot of the other a lot of the rest of the country does, that it would help students with attendance, it would help them get better grades, it would help them with a lot of different things. There's always a study. Yeah, there is always a study. You're right. Who, <laughs> this, who does these studies? This has been talked about for years, though. Yeah, and there there have been multiple studies that indicate mm-hmm. that high school students especially would perform better with a later start time. Yeah, and I actually have some audio here from Scott Maxwell talking about this yesterday, and this is what he said. Uh, 90% of American high schools start later than we do, and that's for, for a pretty simple reason. It's because researchers, it's not my opinion, it's not that I don't like getting up, hell, I get up at 4.45 most mornings, I'm, I'm an early riser, but researchers have said that teenage bodies are not wired for learning early in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, the American Association of Pediatrics has, has said uh, schools shouldn't start before 8 a.m. The Center for Disease Control says high schools, who we're talking about, shouldn't start before 8 a.m. In Central Florida, it's 7 a.m. The latest, Orange County this year is moving to 7 20 a.m. Nobody's done anything. Even after the Orange County con- uh, conducted a survey where they said, hey, parents, what do you want? The parents mm-hmm. said, later. Later is what everybody says. Yeah. And the school board said, okay, no. Uh, so now we've got an election and it's an issue. So I want to hear from parents out there. 
or teachers or students, even though students should be in school. Well, you know, as <laughs> as as a parent of three children who went mm-hmm. to high school, yes. uh, Scott Maxwell mentioned that uh, high school age kids are not geared to learn mm-hmm. early in the morning. Right. My high school age kids were not geared to do anything in the morning. Oh, okay. Even be conscious <laughs> early in the morning. And any, I think any parent of a high school student knows how hard it is to get them out of bed. And if left to their own devices, like on a day off or a weekend, my kids would sleep till noon. Yeah, uh, that's absolutely true. So you my, feel the same way? No, well, I don't feel the same way at all. I think they need to get up. Um, I only, but my my reason for being okay with the seven seven twenty start time is because of all of the things that happen after school for high school students. There's so much activity. There's so many things that are going on after the three or let's see, most of them get out at two thirty. So they're out at two thirty. They've got football practice. They got basketball practice. They got debate debate team. They got band. There's so many things that they're doing they after need to get school. A job. They might have one of those as well. <laughs> I had a you job. Know? Um, so there's so many things that are going on after school. If these kids aren't getting out of school till four o'clock in the afternoon, that pushes that schedule back so late. Yeah, that's true. And I, that was the most common complaint I hear from people about moving the start time later is the after school stuff, especially if they, they had a job because it would get in the way of some of that stuff. And for parents, it would be more inconvenient because they would have to pick them up later and do things. It's why our high school football teams are better than theirs. Because we start earlier. Really? So you really think that's true? No. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I mean, you think well, a lot of good high school football players come out of Florida. I think we have to determine what the priority is here. Is the priority for the kids to learn, or is it for them to do stuff after school? Oh, that's a good point, too. Come on. I don't know. Well, I, I think, I mean, I think there's a good compromise here. Just start it, instead of starting at 720, start at 8. Or even 820. I mean, that's not too much later. I don't think that would affect things too much. I remember in middle school, it started at, what, 9, I think, for us? Yeah, middle school starts at 9 here in Central Florida. I mean, that would be too late, I think, for high school. But I think starting it a little bit later for the reasons you cited, Alan Spector, because you have had kids, you've seen it, that maybe it would just help them. I mean, but is it it really any more difficult to get a teenager up at 7 o'clock in the morning than it is a grown adult? The only difference is the grown adult has bills to pay. So they get up because they have they're obligated to get up. Teenagers just fight it because they don't have well, any bills to pay. There's a reason adults <laughs> or there's a reason adults don't go to high school. And, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> All right. And then the other thing that's being floated out there is a four day work week. Should we go to a four day work week? Apparently there's a lot of companies around the world that are trying it and actually being very successful. They find that um, there's more productivity out of their workers, less stress out of the workers. They get more done, even though they're working less hours, because they get that extra day of rest. Well, I, for one, support this. And as an experiment, I will not be here Friday. <laughs> That's why, as a scientific experiment. All yes. right, so we'll talk about that and take your calls next at 720 here on Good Morning Orlando. All right, so we have some calls here on whether schools should start later. Paul thinks that no just, they just need to get up. And then uh, Alan Spector, though, was saying that when he had kids, he noticed that his teens were not really able to do much of anything early in the morning and that starting later is a good idea. So let's take your thoughts on this. Let's go to Demi in St. Cloud. Demi, what, what's your take on this? Hello? Yes, go ahead. Oh, 
Hi. Um, well, I think the kids are just um, get them up for school. They need to go to school. We went to school. Our folks went to school. My son went to school. Got to get up. You got to go. I think it's just we're we're enabling them to stay in later, and then you think you it's just laziness. Work. You got to you got to get up to work early to go to work. So it so teaches them the for the future. Thing. Oh yeah, well you would think. Mm-hmm. All right, Demi. You would hope, anyways. <laughs> All right, so she's she's old school, so to speak. She's just like, got to get up. You're lazy. Stop it. Oh, but Bertha. Bertha, of course, calls and has a different take on this. Bertha, what do you think? Good morning, Yuppie. How are you? I'm pretty good. Okay. At 11, I had to get up at 4 o'clock to cook, to get my brother to, into the woods to cut trees. I had to wash clothes on the rubble and boil the clothes. I had to walk to school. I had to come Uphill back both and ways iron, in the snow. And I had to cook dinner. And I had to go to school, and I was an A student. They need to have chores. Nobody will send them to bed. They'd be glad to go to bed. Oh, okay. Interesting. So you think it These teaches... These kids are playing games all night. That's what I had to do at 11. So you think they're staying up too late, and that's the problem. That's right. And you know when I finished doing all of that, you know I was so glad to go to bed with the chickens. With the chickens? <laughs> that's right. As early as I could, because I was tired. <laughs> you know there might there might right, be Bertha, something thanks. to that though because kids do stay up 10 especially high school kids 9 30 mm-hmm. 10 o'clock 11 o'clock at night sometimes 11 30 to midnight for some kids maybe that's the reason they can't get up in the morning you know i i tend to agree with you paul and all this and bertha just stop whining get up go to bed on time teach them discipline I would have disagreed with this when I was in school, but. (laughs) (laughs) But are you for the four-day work week? No. Okay. I think that's kind of the same thing. There's a a part of me that thinks it's the same thing. I mean, in theory, yeah, it sounds great, but eventually we're going to say four days is too much, and we're going to want three days. (laughs) Four days just sounds good because we work five days now, but then we get used to the four days, and then that's going to be too much. Just pay me for being here. Pay me a full week's pay for showing up for two days, and I'll be happy. Uh, you know, if we're going to go to something like that, I like the idea of paying based on getting your work done. So if you get it done in four days, then you should be able to leave if you have to take five days or whatever. But you know we can't do that in America. How many people are sitting in a cubicle or headed to a cubicle right now where they will spend half the day doing nothing because they've gotten their work done, but their employer wants them in the building because yeah. it's the time that they're being paid for? I would much go rather go – I mean, some – jobs you obviously can't do that if you're working at mcdonald's or something right. there's a reason why you're there hourly because <laughs> that's when they're open you know but there are certain jobs where i think if you just get the work done and you get it done early then you should be able to leave i understand that but i don't know i just there's a part of me that thinks we're just getting lazy well yeah <laughs> that, that's that all this is my just brain is in my pocket now what yeah. do you mean of course we're exactly lazy. exactly um all right joe you got about 30 seconds go ahead Yes, Kathy. The four-day work week's been around for a long time. You're not working less hours. You're working four 10-hour shifts. In some jobs, well, I get that, but what I'm talking about on this is actually working less hours. That's what some businesses around the world are doing and pushing. Well, in construction, which is what I do, okay, late at night, we work four, four 10-hour shifts. Yeah. And so everybody has a three-hour work week because when you work – night shifts you lose right. a lot of time sleeping yeah. and catching up 
that, that that's a little bit different. I can understand a shift like that, but I mean, for instance, the Britain the Britain's trade trades union Congress they're pushing for the whole country to move to a four day work week by the end of the century. Uh, obviously, a long time till the end of the century. I was going to say that's, that's a still. very forward thinking there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it is seven thirty here on Good Morning Orlando. So, Alan Spector, it seems that we have uh, another launch that was scrubbed this morning, and you have the latest details on that. Yeah, SpaceX tried to launch uh, this national security mission for the Air Force on a Falcon 9 rocket mm-hmm. yesterday. That was scheduled for 9-11. It was pushed back a few minutes and then never went off because of a faulty sensor on on the rocket. And apparently that is still an issue and there will be no launch today. They had rescheduled it for 9.07 this morning. That is not going to happen. SpaceX tweeted uh, they're evaluating this problem with first-stage sensors and will confirm a new launch date once complete. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The Senate has passed its version of a major criminal justice reform bill. Fox's Chad Pergram says... The measure had major bipartisan support. The passage of this bill is a big win for President Trump, who called on on uh, this to be moved, and also significantly Jared Kushner, his son-in-law. I saw him up here all the time on Capitol Hill working the halls, trying to forge some sort of a bipartisan compromise. He worked a lot with Hakeem Jeffries, a Democratic congressman from New York who is the incoming chair of the Democratic uh, caucus in the House of Representatives, pretty liberal member, but also conservatives like uh, Doug Collins of Georgia who will be the top Republican on the Senate Judiciary Committee. The bill passed 87 to 12. Among the dozen senators voting no, Florida Republican Marco Rubio. He issued a statement saying the Senate did not address serious concerns raised by local law enforcement, federal prosecutors, and his constituents about the sentencing reforms contained in the bill. At the White House, President Trump has accepted a report from a federal commission on school safety. And Trump repeated a call to arm school personnel. It's critical to have armed personnel available at a moment's notice. These are people, teachers in many cases, that are the highest trained that you can get. The commission report recommends specific guidelines on arming highly trained school officials if a school district chooses to take that route. Trump formed the commission after the deadly shooting spree at Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, but the report barely touches on the issue of gun violence. Think safety first as you hit Florida's crowded roads over the holiday season. And don't take the wheel if you've been enjoying some liquid celebration. Captain Thomas Peichel at the Florida Highway Patrol says drinking and driving is still a major problem this time of year. We definitely want to make sure everyone's driving sober. Last year during the Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's holiday periods, there were over 2,700 DUIs issued. Last year's holiday period also saw 147 deaths on Florida roads. Speaking of road safety, Asian automakers are turning out the safest cars on the road. The Insurance Institute for Highway Safety's list of safest cars for 2019 ranks Subaru number one. Only one U.S. brand shows up in any of the Institute's 12 vehicle categories. The Chrysler Pacifica ranks first among minivans. And elsewhere, Michael? Yes. We mentioned this earlier. We teased it. This is a story you can find on our website, mm-hmm. WFLAOrlando.com. Popeyes is looking to help travelers who need a little support this holiday (laughs) season. At Terminal C of Philadelphia International Airport, the fried chicken chain is selling an emotional support chicken. It's a chicken-shaped box made to carry on your flight, (laughs) and it's filled with yummy chicken tenders. 
Popeye says there's no better way to ease the stress of holiday travel than a box of their delicious fried chicken. It will only be available, Mike, for a limited time. I mean, that's better than the emotional support peacocks. You know, someone actually tried to bring a live peacock, I think. Yeah. <laughs> on a plane once or something. And these are not live chickens. These are dead cooked chickens. Of course, you're happy until you run out of the chicken and then you're sad again. Oh, boy. <laughs> Mr. Gloom and Doom here, <laughs> yep. Michael Yaffe. Thank you. Authorities are still working to recover about $200,000 in missing cash after an armored truck spilled that loot on a New Jersey highway last week. East Rutherford police say several people have voluntarily returned more than $100,000 in cash so far. Two plastic bags containing close to a half million dollars fell from an open door, causing multiple wrecks as drivers got out of their cars to scoop up some cash. (laughs) Now, keeping it is considered theft. Oh. And finally... A business. Of- <laughs> I know it's considered theft. Would you keep it? No. He's not going to admit to thievery on yeah. the radio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, finally, a business owner is naming a recently discovered new species after President Trump. Oh, oh geez. The species is a blind amphibian that buries well, its it head in the sand. <laughs> Aiden oh, Bell paid $25,000 at auction to get the right to name the species Dermorphus Donald Trumpi. <laughs> Bell leads the sustainable building materials company EnviroBuild. He compared the creature's habit of burying its head in the sand to Trump's approach to climate change. The legless amphibian was discovered in Panama, and the scientists who discovered it agreed to use the name. By the way, this is the second time a new species has been named after the president. Last year, a moth whose wings resemble Trump's hair was named Neopalpa Donald Trumpi. <laughs> a whole, uh, a whole species. Start a whole Donald Trump zoo here pretty yeah. soon. <laughs> the Donald Trump zoo. That's a great idea. I want to do that. We've got a moth and a blind amphibian, so do we're any, off to a flying start. Do any of these uh, animals build walls? No, only slats. <laughs> oh yeah, the be- the beautiful slats. All right, thank you, Alan Specter. It's uh-huh. time for some more fun and games as we move on to the sound judgment game, and we have a great prize. We have Tony Bennett tickets. Four zero seven nine one six fifty four hundred. Four zero seven nine one six fifty four hundred for your chance to win this great prize. The sound judgment game is coming up next, and of course, we have Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. In just two minutes, News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Yes, and Christmas is coming very soon. And one thing that might make a good early Christmas present is tickets to see uh, a great concert. And it's actually worth a lot of money. And Stephanie's going to tell you what you can win if you get the sound judgment question right today. That's right, Yaffe. So today we have a great pair of tickets to see Tony Bennett Saturday, March 23rd at the Dr. Phillips Center for the Performing Arts. Tickets are on sale now. Yeah, great prize. He's 92, but he's still uh, performing out there, and these tickets are worth um, a lot of money. So what you have to do is listen to this Christmas song, this part of the Christmas song, and after the music stops, you have to sing the next line. Uh, Here it is. God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day To save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray Oh, tidings of comfort and joy 
comfort and joy. All right, so you have to sing the next line. It should be pretty easy. Let's go to line four, line four. Go ahead. Hello? Yes, line four. Can you sing the next line? Oh, good tidings of comfort and joy. Uh, not quite. You added an extra word in there. Uh, you were close. Added an extra word. Let's go to line one. Line one, what is it? Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Go ahead and play the last bit of it, Paul, to uh, verify that for us. Not bad, not bad. You even got kind of the inflection right in the song as well. So, great. You win those Tony Bennett tickets. You excited about that? I am very excited. This is fantastic. Thank you, Jackie. Oh, of course. No problem at all. And tell me, what's your name? Where are you calling from today? My name is Danny, and I'm calling from Orlando. Danny from Orlando. Are you a fan of Tony Bennett? Are you a fan of Christmas music? I am a big fan. Yes, I am. Great. Well, you obviously knew that song. It's one of my favorite Christmas songs. All right. I will put you on hold, and Stephanie will tell you how you can get those tickets. Okay, my friend? Thank you very much. No problem at all, and congratulations on that. Oh, yes. Yes, another satisfied winner on Good Morning Orlando. Of course, we have Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. Followed by the Rush Morning Update here on Good Morning Orlando. So I have to admit that I have just a little bit of a confession to make. Some people might think this is uh, what a man should do, but I have not done any of my Christmas shopping yet. Has anyone else, has everyone else finished their Christmas shopping? Have you finished your Christmas shopping yet, Paul? I have not bought anything. I haven't either. Now, Stephanie, how, what about you? Have you done any Christmas shopping yet for your family, for friends, for me? Maybe? No. <laughs> no. You haven't done any? No. Not, not yet. even online or anything? No. Maybe but, it's a generational thing. I don't well, know. I have an excuse, though. What? We're not doing presents this year. Go on. We're doing a trip this year. So the trip is the Christmas present for everybody in the family. So we're really? not exchanging gifts this year. Interesting. So you're not going to get anything either? Nope. Not getting anything, not giving anything. Now, I mean, that's your immediate family, or is it, what about like your mom? Right. They're out of luck. They're out, they didn't (laughs) get nothing, huh? No, I'll probably figure out something Uh for them somewhere down the line, down the road, but yeah, we're doing, we're doing a trip this year, so. Where are you, where are you going? Going to New Orleans, leaving tomorrow. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Going to do Christmas in the bayou. Nice. Very, yeah. It's kind of unique, actually. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of excited to see what that looks like. Yeah, I have no idea what that will look like. Now, Simon, who used to fill in for Bud all the time, he says you're not a real man unless you shop for Christmas presents on Christmas Eve. If you do it before Christmas Eve, you're not a man. <laughs> and he's, he, really, he would not do any Christmas shopping until Christmas Eve. Yeah, I don't know if that's the stand I want to take. <laughs> <laughs> Seems really risky to me. I don't yeah. know. As a married man, that might not be the best <laughs> way to go. <laughs> right? I mean, I have ideas of what I want to get everyone. I just haven't had a chance to uh, actually go out and do the shopping. So. Yeah? Really? That's what you're going to go with? Haven't had a chance? Well, I mean, I had to buy myself a car. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I was sick all last weekend, too, so that 
that didn't help. And I was waiting to get paid. All right, but. so we're heading to Altamont after the show then, right? <laughs> no, unfortunately, no, I got more not? things oh, okay. to do. All right. <laughs> um, but there, there you go. All right. So President Trump, we talked about earlier in the show how he did not, it looks like he's not going to get the wall funding that he wanted. He wanted $5 billion. Now he's saying he's more flexible in terms of funding the government, and maybe they could find funding for the walls other ways, maybe from other federal departments. We'll see how Congress reacts to that. But it looks like right now he's kind of backing down on his wanting to shut down the government, you know, to get the wall funding. But there was a bipartisan measure that was passed yesterday, at least in the Senate, and it's something that Trump supports. It's criminal justice reform. I have to talk about this and get into some of the details because I'm very torn on this. And conservatives are very torn on this. There are prominent conservatives that I respect that support the First Step Act 100%. Then there's other prominent conservatives that I really respect who voted against it, even in the Senate. So there's some things that really concern me about criminal justice reform. And uh, we'll talk about that next. And of course, we have Orlando's news, weather and traffic. Alan Spector will be here in just a minute to talk about the latest news, including that tragic shooting death of an Orlando high school student, which is still under investigation. And the SpaceX launch is delayed again. It's 7.59 here on Good Morning Orlando. Good morning, Orlando. This is Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here at News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Filling in for Bud today, this is Yaffe. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning, a reward is offered in the shooting death of an Orlando high school student. We'll have details coming up in one minute. Criminal justice reform. It's something that both sides of the aisle seem to agree on. It's passed the House. It's passed the Senate. We'll go back to the House, and then Trump will probably sign it. Is this a good thing or a bad thing? We'll talk about it next. 803 on News Radio 93.1. The Orange County Sheriff's Office is thanking the Florida Sheriff's Association for increasing the reward to $10,000 for information leading to an arrest in the shooting of a high school student. 15-year-old Alejandro Vargas Martinez was gunned down early yesterday morning near Waldo Street and East Cayley Avenue as he walked to class at Boone High. Sheriff John Mina. Uh, Certainly the death of a child, a 15-year-old, is extremely tragic. And and to happen one week before uh, Christmas, uh, I can't imagine um, how the parents are feeling right now. Mina said his department will be providing the family with victim advocate services to help them get through this extremely difficult time. Anyone with information on the shooting of Alejandro Martinez is asked to call Crime Line at 800-423-TIPS. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. For the second day in a row, the launch of a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket from Cape Canaveral Air Force Station is postponed. Engineers are still dealing with a faulty reading from a rocket sensor that delayed liftoff yesterday. No new date has been announced for the launch of the National Security Mission for the Air Force. Vice President Mike Pence was at the Cape yesterday, and while he didn't get to see a launch, he did announce that President Trump is authorizing the Defense Department to create a new Space Command to oversee the military's operations in space. Pence said the move is long overdue. The U.S. Space Command will integrate space capabilities across all branches of the military. It will develop the space doctrine, tactics, techniques, and procedures that will enable our warfighters to defend our nation in this new era. The U.S. Space Command will be based at Kennedy Space Center. Now, from what I understand, this still has nothing to do with the proposed Space Force that Trump was proposing and Mike Pence was proposing earlier 
this year, but I think it might put us in that direction maybe. Perhaps, but it is not the same thing they were proposing earlier. Right. This one does not involve the uniforms that would have been issued to the Space Force members. That's the only difference, the uniforms? No, but I I heard that, yeah, the Space Command is something, you know, it's kind of already existed. This would be a new thing to help the military in space, but I— there's some rumblings out there that this might be a step in the direction towards the Space Force, which Mike Pence and Trump have wanted. We'll see. In Washington, Senate leaders are still working on a way to prevent a partial government shutdown as they face a Friday night deadline. Democrats rejected one offer from Republican leaders, a planned Senate minority leader. Chuck Schumer says included a billion-dollar slush fund for the president's immigration policies. They need congressional approval. They're not getting it for the wall plain and simple. Offers from Democrats provide more than a billion dollars in border security upgrades. Majority Leader Mitch McConnell says he's consulting with the White House. I think a government shutdown is is not a good option. That's my view. With Friday night's deadline approaching, both sides could settle for a short-term extension of current spending. On Capitol Hill, Jared Halpern, Fox News. And Mike, I'm sorry that uh, Patriots fan Bud Hedinger is not here (laughs) for this particular story. Patriots quarterback Tom Brady will tie the NFL record when he heads to Orlando for his 14th Pro Bowl. Brady joins Peyton Manning, Tony Gonzalez, Bruce Matthews, and Merlin Olsen as the only players chosen for 14 Pro Bowls. It's also the 10th straight year he's earned the honor. The Pro Bowl kicks off January 27th at Camping World Stadium. And no word yet if Bud's going to attend the Pro Bowl. He might now. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. He's got to make sure he doesn't try to steal the jersey. WFLA News Time is 8.06. A Michigan business owner gives his employees $4 million in Christmas bonuses. That averages out to twenty grand per person. Wow. Best Christmas what, party what, ever. What are they hiring? What is this job? <laughs> <laughs> Michigan. That story oh, forget it, it's okay. too cold. That story is online at WFLAOrlando.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. From News Radio 93.1, this is Good Morning Orlando. Yes, Paul, that's how much I hate the cold. No, I will I give up. $20,000. No such thing as too cold for a check for $20,000. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's in Michigan. It's what? Tundra. Yeah, well, you, that's not Alaska. <laughs> it's close enough. <laughs> All right. You know, okay. I probably would consider it. No, I couldn't leave uh, the Good Morning Orlando audience, by the way. This is Good Morning Orlando. I'm Yaffe filling in for Bud. We have Alan Spector, who is here. Yo. Paul producing. And Stephanie screening your calls at 407. 407- Nine one six fifty four hundred. We have to talk about criminal justice reform. The First Step Act passed the Senate yesterday, overwhelmingly eighty-seven to twelve. Yeah, was the vote and, now, and only our own Marco Rubio uh, was among the twelve that voted yeah. no. There are some prominent conservatives that really support this that I respect, and some conservatives I respect that voted no, including Marco Rubio. And Senator Ben Sass. So there's some good things and bad things in this, and Trump's been commenting on this as well. We'll talk about that and take your calls next. It's 808 here on Good Morning Orlando. So yesterday, Trump kind of backed down on wanting the $5 billion for the wall, and it seems that the Trump administration kind of shifted gears and wanted to focus more on criminal justice reform, which was passed in the Senate yesterday by an 87 to 12 vote. 
Now, the bill that was passed is called the First Step Act, which has a lot of different aspects to it. And I think there are some good things, but also some bad things. Well, our president seems to think there's a lot of good things yes. because he tweeted, America is the greatest country in the world, and my job is to fight for all citizens, even those who have made mistakes. Congratulations to the Senate on the bipartisan passing of an historic criminal justice reform bill. This will keep our community safer and provide hope and a second chance to those who earn it. In addition to everything else, billions of dollars will be saved. I look forward to signing this into law, exclamation point. Yeah, so he's excited about it. It was some pushed by Jared Kushner and I think Ivanka as well. There are some prominent conservatives that I like and I respect that really back this bill. Mike Lee, Senator Mike Lee, was a big proponent of this bill. Senator Rand Paul was a big proponent of this bill. Michelle Malkin was even supporting this bill. But there's also some conservatives who had some major reservations about this, including our own Florida Senator Marco Rubio, who said this in a statement because he voted against the bill. He said, over the past several months, I've heard arguments on both sides of the First Step Act. Ultimately, I voted no because the Senate did not address serious concerns raised by local law enforcement, federal prosecutors, and constituents in Florida about the sentencing reforms in this bill. So in Senator Ben Sass. Also, he's someone who tries to work bipartisanly. He did not support this bill either for similar reasons as Marco Rubio. Then there's Senator Tom Cotton, Republican, who um, has really been fighting against this bill. And what he's been fighting for are specific amendments, at least to make this bill better. The amendments did not pass. And I think that's unfortunate because they made sense to me. In fact, he was on the floor of the Senate yesterday. And this is what he said. Well, as it stands now, this bill allows people convicted of carjacking and bank robbery and coercing a minor into sexual activity and prostitution to be released early from prison, among many other offenses. That's just a fact of the bill itself. So the amendment that Senator Kennedy and I have offered would exclude certain specified heinous crimes like coercing a minor into sexual activity or prostitution from those prisoners who are eligible for early release. And it would ensure that no person who is convicted of any crime of violence or any sexual offense is released early from prison. That is what the bill sponsors have said all along. Unfortunately, the bill language does not reflect that rhetoric. Our amendment will ensure that it does. So the way the bill is written right now is it has a list of criminal offenses that would be excluded from the program, the credit program that you could get in prison, which means you could maybe be released earlier on good behavior. Well, no matter what side you're on on this issue, I mean, it's it, prison reform is something we really need to address in this country. We incarcerate more people by far than any other nation on earth, mm-hmm. and this is costing a lot of money. It's disrupting lives sometimes unnecessarily. It's uh in many cases people aren't getting the second chance they deserve that even President Trump referred to. Yeah, I mean, the thing, the best fix I would see to this, instead of having a list of exclusions, have a list of specific things, you know, specific crimes that you committed that you could get credit programs. So instead of having all these different exclusions, make it specific in the other direction where if you've committed certain crimes, you're able to access these programs and other crimes you're not. The biggest reason I've been reluctant on criminal justice reform, to be honest, and maybe it's a little too simplistic And I understand everything you're saying, Alan, it makes a lot of sense to me and there needs to be some reforms, but it seems like crime rates 
have plummeted since the 90s and have really stayed at record lows for the past two decades. And a lot of that happened right after a lot of these stricter criminal justice reforms were passed in the 90s under Clinton and before that. So it's hard for me to look at the crime rates and say, man, crime rates are really low and then say, well, what we should do is start letting people out of prison. It just, I'm really reluctant on that because there's a part of me that thinks, well, maybe the reason why crime rates are low is because we have the stricter penalties that we have now. Um, that's kind of the other side of it, and that's why I've been reluctant. But that being said, I want to go over the good and the bad, in my opinion, that's in this bill. The good is it does add a lot of programs for rehabilitation in prisons so there's less recidivism, like you said. Yeah. So it adds programs while you're in prison for rehabilitation so when you leave prison, you're not just committing crimes again. Yeah, the goal should be, right. to, in most cases, to put these people back exactly. into civilian life as productive members of society. Yeah, I think I think that's a really good part of this bill. Another good part is reformed, it reforms the prison system so prisoners are not sent far away from their hometowns. What was happening is a lot of federal prisoners, when they were put in prison, they were sent to a, a penitentiary way away from their family and their hometown, so they can never get visits from their family because they were in a totally different part of the country, and that seems a little unfair to me, so I can understand why that needs to be reformed. And psychologically, that's got to be damaging. Exact, yeah, exactly right. Another good part of it is it gets rid of the extra penalties for crack cocaine versus powdered cocaine. It never made sense to me that crack cocaine was worse penalties than powdered cocaine. A lot of people saw that as racist because it was mostly blacks who were convicted for crack cocaine where whites usually did powdered cocaine and made it seem like the laws were easier on whites than blacks. So it seems like it should be the same penalties for both of those drugs. Cocaine's cocaine pretty much. Yeah, exactly. From what I hear. (laughs) Yeah. The bads, um, I'll go over some of the bad things, some of the things I don't like about this bill, but I want to get... Um, your take on this as well. You can call 407-916-5400 or you can text to 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. It's 820 here on Good Morning Orlando. So I have gotten some texts coming in already dealing with criminal justice reform. By the way, this is Yaffe filling in for Bud. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can. The Twitter handle is at Beyond Reason R, at Beyond Reason R, because I do my own show sometimes called Beyond Reason Radio, which you can catch on uh, the iHeartRadio app. Um, also on the iHeartRadio app, podcast of this show, and of course you can catch this show live as well. One uh, text from our buddy Carl Jackson said this. He said, it's not necessarily true that we imprison more people around the world than other nations. Dictatorial nations, states kill prisoners in some cases, and they don't even keep records like that in the U.S. It's hard to believe you talk about, you know, we're the worst in the world, maybe in s- compared to a lot of the industrial world, but can't compare us to like North Korea where they just put them in prison camps and gulag type things. They do similar things in China. I went over a lot of the good things of the bill, and there are some good things in this bill. The thing that made me really reluctant about this was I felt like it is a little soft on crime, I'm not sure I agree with getting rid of some of the mandatory minimum sentences because those mandatory minimum sentences, it means equal justice. When you give judges discretion, it kind of could add favoritism. They could play favorites where if you just have a written law and that's the way it is, it should be equal for everyone. But I'm the biggest reason I'm concerned is it seems like the criminal justice system is working in a sense that crime rates are really low. 
Now, I understand there are other reasons for that, cultural reasons and so forth, and policing on the front end, but it's just hard for me to say, oh, man, we need to start letting people out of prisons when crime rates are still pretty low. It just seems like the opposite thing of what we should do. And a lot of times they say, you know, I have another text here that says uh, nonviolent people should never be locked in a cage ever. I understand that point, but what happens is a lot of times they plea down. So they might have done something violent, but they get these plea deals and they're not really in prison for the violent crime. You have these plea bargains and these plea deals, and then they're going to be let out because of this new law. And that's a real problem. You're letting violent people out and you say you're not, but you're kind of doing it anyway. So the bad parts are I don't like the reducing of the mandatory minimum sentences. I don't like necessarily giving judges too much extra discretion. Um, I think uh, Tom Cotton's amendment should have passed to make sure some of the violent criminals did not get on the list to be able to get out early. And um, I think they should have done it the other way where you have a list of specific crimes where you can get out early instead of having a list of exclusionary crimes. Let's take a call here real quick. Let's go to uh, Dan and Windermere. Dan, uh, what do you think about this? Uh, yeah, good morning. Um, I think it's a, it's a good idea. Anything that takes, uh, if I make an analogy with football, that takes the ball forward is a huge improvement. Um, we, we need to be looking at rehabilitating criminals and leaving them in prison and not rehabilitating is not only ethically wrong, uh, it's financially wrong. It costs more money. If you rehabilitate them, they're in prison a shorter amount of time. They're more able to move back into society. Uh, keeping them in their own uh, same geographic location so their support system can come through for them with their family and friends uh, that love them and, and want to bring them back into society as productive individuals. Okay. So, um, I think it's good. Okay, Dan, I appreciate your call. I mean, he makes a lot of good points. Like I said, I'm kind of torn on this as well. Paul, you have been, this is an issue you've been passionate about for a while. Yeah, I just really think something needs to be done in reference to basically what the caller was saying. We've moved over time to a society that just kind of locks people up and throws away the key. And we're not really looking to, you know, have someone serve time for a mistake they made or something they did that was wrong and then integrate them back into society into a to a capacity where they can actually sure. function and live and enjoy and all that kind of stuff. And I think this is a decent first step towards that. Well, it's called the First Step Act, so that's true. I mean, a lot of the things it sounds like you support, the caller support and I support, is sort of the back-end stuff, not necessarily the front-end stuff, but the back-end stuff that they're in prison, they serve their time, but there needs to be programs in place so that they can be productive members of society afterwards, which is a real problem because you get a lot of this recidivism rate where people end up back in the prisons because there was no rehabilitation. They get out, they can't find a job, they just go back into the criminal element. And they've learned a lot of the criminal element while in prison. So I think some reforms in the prison system, like you said, is a good idea. So there's some good parts of this bill, no doubt. I just worry. I just hope we're just not going too far. All right, Alan Spector is going to come in and talk about the latest news. It's 830 here on Good Morning Orlando. All right, Alan Spector joins me in the studio right now, and he's got a couple of the top stories for us. Uh, What do you got for us, Alan? Some very interesting developments in a uh, courtroom yesterday involving uh, former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn. Uh, We were expecting him to be sentenced. That didn't happen. Judge Emmett Sullivan accepted a recommendation for a delay from government lawyers and defense attorneys. Flynn is reportedly still cooperating in the ongoing Russia investigation. 
He pleaded guilty to lying to the FBI about contacts with a top Russian official during the presidential transition. Judge Sullivan called it a very serious offense and said sentencing will be revisited in 90 days. I mean, I'm honestly really not sure what was going on in the courtroom yesterday with that whole thing. So uh, attorney Jeff Kaufman is going to join us in the next segment and kind of straighten things out for us. How fortuitous that Jeff is here to <laughs> set things straight. Exactly. And if you have a legal question for him, you can text 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A landmark criminal justice reform bill has cleared the U.S. Senate. The First Step Act passed overwhelmingly. On this vote, the yeas are 87, the nays are 12. On this motion to concur in the House amendment with an amendment has been agreed to. And leaders in the House say they'll take up the bill this week. President Trump is a supporter of the bipartisan measure. The bill expands job training and other prison programs designed to keep released inmates from returning to prison. And, of course, we've been talking about that in the past half hour here. President Trump says nothing is more important than protecting the nation's children. We have to take. We have no choice, and we don't want a choice. We're going to take to prevent school shootings and keep our children safe. During a White House event yesterday, Trump accepted a report from the Federal Commission on School Safety he formed after the mass shooting at Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland. Trump repeated a call to arm school personnel and to improve mental health screening. The commission report recommends specific guidelines on arming highly trained school officials if a school district decides to do that. As Christmas approaches, Floridians are hitting the road for the holidays. Captain Thomas Peichel at the Florida Highway Patrol says, Rule number one, buckle up. Your seatbelt is your vehicle's best safety feature. Buckle up. Make sure every time you get behind the wheel, whether you're driving or you're a passenger in a car, buckle up. Something that takes such little time can be a lifesaver. Last year, there were more than 15,000 traffic crashes in Florida just during the last two weeks of the year. More than 10,000 people were injured and there were 147 fatalities. And elsewhere, Michael, yes, I uh, think it's only fair... I have humiliated oh, no. Bud Hedinger time after time not good. with uh, music quizzes, oh. and uh, he failed again miserably yesterday, <laughs> <laughs> although he did identify the song as yes. being a Beatles song, so we gave him, like, partial credit for that. <laughs> so uh, just, here's, this is easy. Just see if you can name this band. I think uh, Mike might know. Yeah, it's Kiss. It is Kiss. Night in, Nights in Satan's Service, is that what it is? Congratulations, <laughs> Michael Yaffe. You I, gave me an easy one. I give Bud easy ones all the time. <laughs> I mean, even I knew that one. Well, Kiss is set to release Kiss World, the best of Kiss on CD and digitally January 25th. The uh, standard black vinyl and colored vinyl editions will be available March 29th. The 20-song track list includes Kiss classics such as the one we just heard, Rock and Roll All Night, Detroit Rock City, Beth, Shout It Out Loud, and Love Gun. (laughs) Meanwhile, the North American leg of the band's farewell end-of-the-road tour gets underway January 31st in Vancouver and includes a stop in Tampa on April 11th. Yeah, I was going to ask if they're still on tour, and apparently they are. They're starting starting the, uh, the end of the world tour. It's probably the end of the world tour one. 
I'm sure there'll be a sequel, you know. I've heard they put on a great show. They do. I've seen them in concert. Evergreen Christmas trees are starting to become a thing of the past, at least for some in the Los Angeles area. Culver City Outlet Platform has partnered with Highland Park's Ponderosa Cactus to create the Holiday Cacti Wonderland, (laughs) a lot where people can buy a cactus for use as a Christmas tree. The Holiday Cacti Wonderland is open until December 23rd. How do you put ornaments on that without hurting yourself? I don't know. And uh, this is timely for the holidays. A former NASA engineer is getting his revenge on porch pirates who made off with a couple of his packages. Mark Rober created a glitter bomb that looks like it's a cell phone package. In addition to covering the thief in a pound of glitter, it also sprays the smell of someone passing gas that he says will clear a room. (laughs) The package has a GPS device so he can track where the thief takes it and a camera to record their reaction when they detonate the device. Nice. He uploaded a video to YouTube on Monday, and as of yesterday, it already had more than 14 million views. Nice. That video is the greatest thing that I've seen in at least a year. <laughs> I need to watch it. <laughs> it is that. magnificent. I have not seen that. The old glitter That's bomb. Great. Whatever happened to the Amazon key thing where like they would put the package in you your house? You mean Amazon walking in your house? Yeah. Nobody, that, nobody wanted Amazon in their that, house. That really died, didn't it? Or, yeah. It'll come back. They also wanted to put stuff in the trunk of your car, too, I think. Yeah, oh, really? And yeah. they want to deliver it into your refrigerator, too. And they wanted yeah. to sleep in your bed and use your shower. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> a little intrusive. Amazon shower. <laughs> that sounds creepy. All right, uh, Alan Spector, it's been fun this morning. <laughs> thanks for uh, thanks for giving us the news. I'm all about fun. Yes, yes, you are. But um, we have to get uh, some expertise from attorney Jeff Kaufman coming up next. Uh, if you have any questions for him, you can text at 23680. It's 841 here on Good Morning Orlando. So the whole Michael Flynn thing was uh, quite a spectacle yesterday uh, in the courtroom. He was expecting to be sentenced, like uh, as I just read, and then the judge kind of went off on his own tangent, and everyone was kind of shocked uh, what happened. We're talking with uh, Attorney Jeff Kaufman, who joins me in the studio right now. Are you able to make any sense out of what happened yesterday? Uh, we've discussed uh, federal judges and Supreme yes. Court justices before and who appoints them and why they believe in certain things. I'm so offended at, at, at you know, General Flynn. What are you really offended about? That he lied to the FBI? The guy who appointed you lied to the whole country. Uh. I mean, you know, the guy <laughs> who purged himself and got booted out of the bar and never saw a courtroom. But you're offended by a guy who, get, who got ambushed by the FBI uh, about lying about something that wasn't a crime. I mean, Judge Flynn didn't do anything. I mean, they they knew that the statements he made uh, when he talked to the Russians weren't wasn't a crime. That's why he wasn't charged with that. He was charged about lying about saying he didn't talk to them. So why? And that, and that brings up the it's next not even question. perjury. It's just lying to the FBI. Why were they so focused on that charge? Were they trying to squeeze him for other info? Because they don't have anything else. Oh, they just don't. This is all, this is what this is about. Uh, we don't. We can't get there. We have no connections to Russia as far as the campaign. But uh, this guy bought property twenty years ago and didn't pay taxes on it. Okay, that's one. Uh, none of the none of the crimes that they're going after. They're all covered under other crimes. There's yeah, nothing to do with true. our election. This had zero to do with our election. This is they've spent twenty five million dollars for a guy. One guy 
lied about his taxes, and one guy lied about saying he never spoke to the Russians about this issue, even though speaking about the issue wasn't a crime itself. Right. And this judge was a Clinton appointee, and he's getting on his soapbox. I'm so offended. Dude, you you deal with child molesters, and this is what bothers you? Stop yeah. it. It's, it's not – this is a guy who's got a camera in his face and, and sees a, a Supreme Court justice oh. nomination in his future. So you think he was grandstanding Oh, this is nonsense. He gets up there. He gives his personal – I'm so offended. And later he dials it back. First off, he shouldn't have to dial it back. He yeah, should be dialed judge. back 24-7. He's a He's judge. a federal court exactly judge. Right. So stop it. The idea, oh, well, I might have been wrong. He claimed that this guy committed a crime. You know, they – what I would have done immediately is gotten this guy recused. This, listen, this guy's not. This guy's off his rocker. He's got to go. Huh. And the attorneys in this case, they had a deal set. The fact was, it's not a big deal. He lied to the FBI about a non-crime. This is not something you go to jail over. Usually. Usually. But so. this judge, oh, this is you're, you're treason. What do you mean treason? What did you do? I mean, yeah. what did he actually do? They said, oh, he lobbied for the Turkey government. But um, he didn't doing do a lot. Yeah. Oh, he talked to a guy that would get everyone fired in Washington, D.C. if that was the case. <laughs> uh, that, that's a really interesting point. So why did they delay the sentencing? Uh, more TV time. Oh, it's, you think that you think it's just all grandstanding? Oh, come on. They, they delayed it till March. We got three months to find out what. I mean, we already know that that this Mueller probe is basically nothing more than, let's just say, a another kind of probe. Uh, but you know, this, this is getting old. It's getting timely, but you know, Hey, the new Congress is going to love it. They're going to talk about it for two years. We got problems in the stock market. We got problems in our country. We got problems with immigration and I'm dealing with a guy who might've talked to Turkey. I mean, it's, it's all a bunch of hooey. All right. And another story that I, is that a legal term? Hooey? Hooey. (laughs) I've heard many judges use the word hooey. Hey, there you go. And I'm Official offended by expertise. the word hooey. So, you know, that's just what it is. We only have a couple of minutes here, but I wanted to get your take on uh, there was a U.S. district judge that dismissed a lawsuit filed by 15 students who claimed they were traumatized by the Parkland shooting. And the judge uh, kind of ruled that um, the officer in question did not have a constitutional duty to protect the kids. A lot of people were. It was the police force, not the actual, not the security guard who didn't go in. Um, you can't blame the police force for every bad thing that happens. I was trying, Hey, kids can be traumatized. Mm-hmm. I-, I get that. You know, these weren't from the families that lost their children. These are yeah. kids, secondary kids who go, Oh yeah. You know, who's responsible? The nut job who came in yeah. with the gun. You know, you can't well, hold everybody said. responsible for somebody else's conduct. Now, police officers, a duty and protect. Okay. So when it comes on, I analyze the scene and I do this. Do you think these kids would not have sued if the police would have just stormed the building? They would have yeah. sued for that. That's true. Uh, the fact this judge in this case ruled that the police did not have a duty in this situation dealing with a third party gunman. And the fact is the judge ruled right. You know, people just shouldn't sue for that hell of it. I mean, I'm an attorney. I file lawsuits for people all the time, but my clients are damaged. They're hurt and somebody violated their rights. I just don't make stuff up to make it to have a check to pay for my house. Yeah, and I heard that it could start a trend then that you would sue the police for every crime that's committed. If oh, you go down I watch this, this guy get mugged and the police didn't do anything and I'm traumatized. I mean, we live in this world where every and this is the fault. I think the I think the bar itself has a problem. 
when they allow these commercials where guys are holding checks over their head, I got a half million dollars and the guy looks fine. It makes it look like everyone's getting checks for not being hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, when you sue somebody and you get paid, normally it deals because you were damaged and somebody was at fault. It's not winning the lottery. You know, you were hurt by somebody's actions. People can't say, well, we, you didn't do anything, but we still want to get paid. You know, you have to have a responsibility and you had to like violate that responsibility. All right, Attorney Jeff Kaufman giving his legal expertise. How can they reach you if they uh, have any more questions for you? They can go at jeff at com, And we also offer free wills on our mm-hmm. website. It's a bare bones will. It allow you to make sure that you're taken care of before you go. And it's a responsibility of all of us. We provide that as a free service. I do not make a single dime on that. It's just as a way to give back to the community. I actually shared that with someone recently, a family member, because I think it's such a great thing that you do. And so I appreciate that. All right, appreciate you coming in this morning. Oh, uh, missing Bud, but you'll you'll do. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I tell Mike. You'll Th- do. Thanks. <laughs> All right, it's eight fifty two on here on Good Morning Orlando. All right, and uh, a lot of different topics that we have talked about on the show this morning. I just want to go back to uh, to recap. It seems as of now, but things could change on a daily basis as they do in Washington. It seems as of now that the Trump administration has sort of caved. When it comes to funding for the wall, originally Trump was asking for $5 billion. He said he was willing to shut down the government, told everyone publicly, told it in front of Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. He was willing to shut down the government to fund the wall. Well, it seems like he's willing to now sort of settle for $1.6 billion, none of which will really go to the wall. And he's going to try to get the $5 billion other ways. I'm not sure how that's going to happen. A lot of conservatives are really upset. But these government shutdowns, I have to say, this constant fear of a government shutdown is getting annoying. For one, this is as partial as it gets. Only 25% of the government's affected non-essential employees. But I liked Rand Paul's plan that if they don't pass appropriation bills in time, then they just go to last year's funding minus a dollar. Let's do that. The debt is really the, the real problem here. The debt's getting out of control, and we continue to spend way too much. Even Republicans in Congress are doing that. That's the problem we need to be facing. All right. I appreciate you joining the show. I will be back on tomorrow as well, and on the show like Bud does, God bless you, and God bless America.